And three, two, one, zero. 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 I think we were. Did a I lag off. or did y'all stop? Mm, seemed like you lagged. Okay, let's do do that one more time, just in case. Three, two, one, zero. zero. Somehow, Dan, during the editing of the last show, I had you pushed up like a slightly, like I mean, maybe like a quarter second too fast, and I only noticed it uh, every now and then. And I'm like, man, Dan's really running over people. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, oh no, that's <laughs> happening through the whole show. Maybe that's me. That's it not was just Dan. Typical Dan. That's yeah. For no, sure. ex- exactly. I was like, <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? No, Dan's that... always talking over everybody. I know it, man. All right, we should get at this. Let's. Do All we it. have is five minutes of dog talk. All right, dog's so going at the front of the show. <laughs> Welcome to dog user space. Boy, I... uh, let's talk about neon. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Coming up in this episode, we take a ride with KDE Plasma's truest form, shamelessly plug a podcast, get live with Caden, and pick December's distro, which is... Stick around. Hey, and welcome to the Linux user space. I'm Leo. I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. So I smell some pie cooking in the oven. What do you got going on, Joe? Uh, pump, pumpkin, peach, more, more, more technical. I guess oh, baking can yeah. be technical, right? Yeah, I love yeah. me a it pumpkin can? pie. Hey, hey, what about the Apple Lattice one? Like, that's pretty technical. Mm. I feel like there's some... And the Apple M1, right? Have you tried that flavor yet? I have not. Oh. The Apple M1? Oh, Yeah, that man. ARM chip that, that's yeah. crushing absolutely everything. Something, something, ARM, something, something. Yeah. What about an ARM pie? I, I don't- ARM it, pie? Yeah. I like that. I could, I could get behind that. In fact, I do get behind that. Yeah, I've got some ARM pie stuff I'm playing with. Smells like a berry pie, maybe. A berry. Oh, black, blackberry. Blackberry pie? Blackberry. Uh, this is a, an alien pie. Alien. It's an Android pie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so I had a little uh, project I was trying to get uh, running at work where we've got uh, guys in the shop uh, processing stuff and done tickets. Anyways, a lot, of boring, a lot of boring stuff. But to get it done, it was invest in a bunch of new software, which costs thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I thought, well, let's see what I can do with a pie. So there's a, an Android app that runs for... This particular and it's and it's doesn't even have to have like the Google Play Store or anything. It's an APK that we can install. So I thought uh, I did some Googling and I found uh, out that Lineage OS, uh, which is basically I think running Android 10, uh, can install on the Pi. And then I hooked that up to a touchscreen, uh, like a 24 inch touchscreen, which I mounted next to everything, and away we went. And so far, great. And it was really. And it was like a, I think maybe like a five minute, 10 minute process. Really? To get it up. Yeah. It was like, and you can even on there, you can get the Google apps and all that stuff going in there. Really? But, uh, I, I yeah, know you can do yeah. that with Android. Uh, what what, uh, so what are you running on it? What what version of Android? It's Android 10, I think is what it is. Um, and it's lineage, you said. 
Yeah, it's a lineage OS 1701. Now, it's not an official lineage OS. Uh, This uh, website, constakang.com, this uh, individual has set it up to where... So you got to have a Pi 4 with at least two gigs of RAM. Okay. Um, But... Uh, I mean, it seems to be running pretty, pretty good. Um, I was reading through most of it, all the audio, GPIO, all that good stuff's working. YouTube, I mean, uh, USB, uh, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, all that stuff. Um, the only thing I think, which I, it's not a big deal for me, was uh, hardware video decoding and encoding. Oh, right. Was, so is that, uh, is that H.264 yeah. or is that HVAC? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Because I hadn't even looked at it. Yeah, I got that far into it. I know that was um, that wasn't a whole lot of a problem because uh, I've got a Pi four with four gigs on it, and I tried Ubuntu twenty ten uh, for a little bit on it, and I did do some YouTube. It wasn't perfect, but it was fine. Yeah, watchable. Yeah, yeah, like good enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. yeah. pretty so, cool. So yeah, um, so I'll update later as I get going with it. But uh, got it down, got it on the Pi, got it running. The touchscreen worked flawlessly. It's a like a 23-inch uh, ViewSonic touchscreen that wow. I put a little cover on and mount up in the shop. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up doing like 10 of them for these different workstations for the guys so they can just nice. tap tap their workflow. And so it was either that or go buy a bunch of like 10-inch Android tablets. And uh, and it just, for the money, like I, I feel like uh, Android, everybody has abandoned tablet mode. They're like, Apple, you win. You can have it, uh, which is fine. But when the app is only on Android, <laughs> um, so to get any decent Android tablet, you got to go to like a Samsung and they're like six, seven hundred dollars. And yeah. that's just I can put a Raspberry Pi and a hundred and fifty dollar monitor attached to it. And I'm good. Yeah. So two hundred bucks, two hundred fifty bucks. Seems like a better interface um, to be using. I mean, it's a bigger screen. So, yes, I, I think much bigger. That's got to be better to use than, you know, a little 10 inch tablet comparison. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. These guys are looking at uh, orders like, you know, they might have 50 orders on the screen. Yeah. So you don't want it so tiny. So. Yeah. I was going to say the number one complaint that I ever had with uh, with older folks or just people that were staring at a screen all day was uh, how do you make it bigger? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you're talking well over twice the size screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes it way easier to, to check things out. That's awesome. Nice. How about you, uh, Leo? You've been messing around with some pie stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, I got. Um, so I refuse to buy uh, ring doorbell, Nest doorbell, this, that, mm-hmm. the other, whatever. Um, so I'm just. How do you roll your own? And I had um, the last time I was in Dallas, I went to Micro Center and on a whim bought a bunch of Pi Zero stuff. And I, I had no intention on doing anything particular with it. I just bought it because it was like, it's on sale. It's $5. Okay, yeah. I'll take one. So I bought it, all the fixins. I, I think it was like 50 bucks total. Uh, I bought the camera too, uh, but it wasn't for the Pi Zero. I, I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Anyway, um, a few months after just tinkering with it to see what I could do with it, um, I decided to do Motion iOS. Um, and it is fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic i've got it set up now where um all i need now is a suction cup and a little like claw thing to hold the uh, the pie itself um but i've got it to where it will trigger on motion it'll record a video it'll take about 10 pictures and it'll email it to me all of it and wow. that wow. is fantastic that's all i wanted you know out of a ring doorbell or whatever that's that's all i really wanted um i've kind of got it situated to the it to the point where it 
um, it behaves right, where like the leaf doesn't trigger it. Yeah. But, you know, a dog <laughs> or a cat probably would. Um, but of course, you know, it's like, I, I know when I get mail, I know when someone's coming up to the door, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. Nice. And it's, it's, it's extremely fantastic. There are other hooks too. I've got it to email, but there are hooks that I haven't gotten figured out yet, but uh, to hook it into Discord and to Telegram and to Slack and all these other chat programs. Right. Um, that, that'll be project number two, because uh, getting, you know, emailed 10 images is not the easiest way to deal with that stuff yeah, all exactly. the time. But and I've got uh, a Pi 4 running Nextcloud that I'm finally going to decommission this old box that I've got running Nextcloud on it. Um, I, I did not believe that a Pi, even a Pi 4, would be able to handle Nextcloud day to day. And it's, mm. it's running that fantastic as well. I'm not worried too much about, um, everybody complains about, oh, are you, but you're not getting the full USB 3 throughput. And I mean, that's true, true, but everything's going over one gigabit ethernet yeah. so it's all moot right. anyway so as long as i can pull approximately 80 to 100 megabytes per second then i'm i'm golden this is fantastic and that the pie can the pie can definitely push that so i'm i'm very happy with these projects man i, I can't buy pies fast enough anymore um just every little thing i want to solve the problem with a pie nice how's that uh camera on that uh that you're using the the camera is fantastic. It is the Pi Zero that can't handle the higher resolution. So it can actually uh, take uh, 1080p, actually bigger than that. Uh, it'll do 1080p video at 30 frames. It will wow. do that. But yeah, the Pi can't handle, handle the uh, encoding of that. Um, yeah. So I think for the Pi, if you're not actively monitoring it, you can get 720p video at 30 frames and uh, 1080p-ish photos. The The thing that's going to kill you on the photos is the speed of your SD card. Okay. Because mm. it, it can take those photos fast. Yeah. But writing it to the card and then yep. wrapping it up in an email and then sending it to you, it'll choke a little bit on something like that. So I usually get uh, 720p-ish photos and I do 480p-ish video. Mm -hmm. That way it's not choking on itself. But if I were to do a Pi 2 or a Pi 3, um, then yeah, it would, it would be, you could get much higher quality out of it. Wow. That's impressive. Well, and that's even now, like just even pricing them out. Like I, I was looking, I had a little project like that. I was going to try and grab like a Pi 3. Um, and then I, I was looking and the, to, to get one of those, I might as well just buy a, a two gig Pi 4. I mean, the prices. Oh yeah. At, at they, they don't point. really yeah. go down that much. Yeah. At this point, unless you were buying like a hundred of them, mm -hmm. you know, where you, the, the five bucks or whatever it was, if you can even find the threes, right. that was the thing. I think you're almost paying a premium to get an older piece yeah. of, of hardware. Yeah. Stick so, with the new stuff. You'll be happier yeah. anyway. It's got more performance. Yeah. Well, it's that's good. all I've got is the old stuff right now. I've got a couple of Pi threes um, and I do have a Pi zero, but that runs retro Pi. Um, so that, that's what I'm running on that. How how much can you get on that retro pie? How how recent can you get? I'm really only running like Nintendo original and Nintendo stuff, um, Game Boy stuff. I don't think you could get too much further than that. Yeah, I remember my Pi One struggled a bit yep. on some Super Nintendo games. So it was you got to be really choosy with those, and yep. I think that's what the Pi Zero is, right? Uh, yeah, basically. Pi One. Yeah, yeah. It's, it will run, yeah, some Super Nintendo stuff, but nothing newer than that for sure. For sure. Um, 
so my Pi 3, uh, the one I have like in service all the time, that runs my IRC bouncer. It runs Quassel Core. Um, cool. So I connect to that with my, you know, GUI uh, IRC um, client. And uh, it's nice because I can use multiple clients. I also have uh, Quassel Droid on my phone. So I can connect to my uh, my core, and uh, yeah, I get all my uh, IRC stuff that way. It's always nice. connected and uh, looks nice. Can't beat Pie that. All the things. Yeah. Buy yeah. the world. I think that's that's the answer. That's the answer to everything. If you need something small done, just throw a pie at it. Well, that's it. It takes very little energy, and it can sit there and run in the corner, and I don't have to do anything with it. It just you know updates and it just runs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, so speaking of energy, what is it? It's like the equivalent of an LED light bulb. Yeah. It's like five watts or something yeah. like yep. that. So it's yeah, fantastic. These things are crazy awesome, man. Uh, I, I think the, the, the most power hungry mine gets is um, because I'm running an external USB hard drive off yep. of it. <laughs> that's, that's where the wattage really, really comes from. Yeah. The drive probably takes more power. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there we are. KDE Neon for the win? Yeah. Maybe? For the something. <laughs> Let's find out. As long as it doesn't crash, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So, yes, uh, we have spent a month with KDE Neon. And just to kind of give a little back, because so, we got some messages early on going, ah, what are you doing? Uh, Neon's, Neon's not a not a distro or official distro. What, what? They even specifically say it. They say it's not a distro. Yeah, it's right there on the website. So, you know, our, our idea for for looking at KDE Neon is that we wanted something, uh, again, I, if you go back to when we announced it, the fresh KDE had just come out, Plasma 5, and it just got everybody a little bit excited about KDE again. And so we thought, you know what? Hey, what better way to deep dive into KDE at large than K than 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 KDE Neon because it pretty much is kind of like a rolling release of KDE software, but it's on top of Ubuntu's stable base. Dan, how how did how did you put it? I said it was like drinking from the KDE fire hose. I think that's how I put it. Yeah, KDE fire hose. Oh man, you you said it, and I was like, actually, yeah, because almost every time I open up Discover, there's another update where it's like, hey, there's a new framework. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Yes. Let's, let's update we've, that. We've hey, updated again. Here's, yeah. here's a new minor revision. Oh, oh, all right, cool. Let's let's install that. I don't yeah. think you could go a couple of days without getting, you know, some no. bit from KDE that was just updated. Yep. It, it felt like I was back on Manjaro again, where it just, every time you booted up, there was some update. And, you know, a lot of them were uh, obviously the Ubuntu updates, but I mean, the majority of these are, yeah, here's here's some QT flavor for you. Yeah. Here's this application update. Here's this new snapshot stuff. So yeah, drinking from a fire hose, I think is the perfect yeah. way to put that. Every Everything new right in your face. Yeah, the KDE fire hose. Yep. I like it. It's also probably one of their 200 plus apps that they developed. <laughs> KDE Firehose. I'm sure we can find it. What is it? K Firehose or yeah? How do you, how would you do it? Yeah, something like that. K Firehose. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. So so Neon is basically built on this Ubuntu base. So it really took off in 2015 is when Neon 
uh, really got going. Um, as of 2016, they, they were on 1604 in 2018. They rebased on 1804. And here we are, August this year, 2004. So we're on a, a current you know base. Um, so that's nice. You've got the stability there uh, of, of Ubuntu. But it is nice to just, if you want to play with all the hotness, the KDE hotness, and that's your thing, it's kind of cool. Um, and it's really to showcase and explore the Plasma desktop. So uh, before we deep dive into a little bit of the history of uh, KDE and Neon, um, we had some other pretty cool information. Well, we had a question uh, yes, sorry, that, that guys. was posed oh, yeah. to us in Telegram by our yep. good friend Bill. And he kind of wanted to get a reading on what the difference between all of this stuff is. So we kind of described what KDE Neon was, right? Sits on a stable Ubuntu 24 base and you drink from the KDE fire hose. Right. <laughs> and all of that stuff is new and fresh all the time, right off, uh, you know, right out of the oven, right there for you. So what is the difference between that and say Kubuntu 20.04 with the KDE backports. The thing to take away is the backports are a bit of a snapshot in time, not the fire hose that you're you're always getting with Neon. So the backports are likely to be what you get in 2010. That'll be the first backport that you you're gonna get in 20.04, and then. As it goes on, even 2104 will probably get backported. But eventually, um, towards the tail end of the LTS, it'll be a little more difficult to backport some of those things. So you might even see fewer of those backports because the cute version doesn't change in the LTS Ubuntu, where Neon will update some of the cute bits that need to get updated in order to, you know, get the newer stuff in there. I know we had seen uh, some information where on the 1804 version of KDE Neons, I guess, I mm -hmm. guess it's all one thing, but yeah. um, on those, uh, on the 1804 base, you ended up where toward the tail end of that, you started seeing people on Reddit and forums saying that, you know, Telegram won't launch because QT this or QT that. Yeah, you'll you'll get into weird dependency issues and yeah, just it, it won't line up, right? Yeah. And I think in both of those cases, one of the coolest things though, is that a lot of times, not, not every time, obviously they're going to be, you know, things where you just can't work around them, but a lot of times you can work around these issues by just taking telegram or, you know, whatever is based on QT that's breaking um, from Snapcraft, you know, get it as a snap or get it as a flat pack or get it as an app image where it's all self-contained and it doesn't depend on something that may or may not be working. So yep. if you're going to stay on KDE Neon for, or, you know, even, uh, you know, KD, uh, Kubuntu with backports, that may be your, uh, your lifeline until the next major version, long-term support version comes out. So we had one other uh, that was in that list and that would be... So what is the difference between these two and if you were to do Kubuntu but Rolling Rhino? So Rolling Rhino, that is going to be whatever the latest development uh, branch of Ubuntu is. And that, that could vary it, during the development cycle, um, you know, what, what you're getting. And um, that is going to be the latest that's available, that's for sure. 
Yeah, like w- when you update, that's basically like going out and grabbing the nightly image, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it it could be great, and it could not be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 a whole other thing onto itself. The other thing is, you're still going to get the um, versions of Plasma software that are getting synced from Debian testing, probably at this point. You're not going to necessarily get the Plasma stuff right from the firehose like you do in Neon. So it's still really current, but it might not be the the latest. It, it still might not be there. And so um, now I'm going to add my own flavor into this one because this is just out of my own curiosity. KDE Neon versus Manjaro KDE. Mm-hmm. Would you be on about the same version? Now you might there, um, but like you said, some of the other things may still be lagging behind. So I don't. Yeah, it's hard. It's it's its own thing. It's it's stands by itself. Right. Okay. Anyway, I, I wanted to I wanted to cover all of that because um, as it was presented, I, I started to think, and I'm like, yeah, what what is the difference between <laughs> all of that? So yeah, I'm glad we got that information out there. Yeah, cool stuff. And uh, I believe uh, I am running KDE. Manjaro. Yeah. <laughs> so on, on, on this machine. Um, and I believe everything's pretty close yeah. um, on on Manjaro. So, you know, you have all the Manjaro goodies, but again, you're you're dealing with more of an arch based right. system, uh, you know, delayed slightly. So on the other side, I guess with Neon, you're you're getting the latest KDE stuff right. and QT stuff. But your base isn't a moving target. So if you like that stability, perhaps you're just getting the, the typical Ubuntu updates, right, to the base system. Is that is that correct, Dan? Yeah, you're going to be running the same kernel that you would have in Ubuntu. Uh, and it's not going to be, you know, the latest that, you know, Manjaro or an Arch is going to give you. Now, right. one, one thing that um, I'm curious about, do we know if hardware enablement is on by default in Neon? So will you get... Five, what is it, eight right now? I've got five fours, what I've well, got. Well, you've got five right four now because hardware enablement's not rolling out oh, yet. Oh, I see, that, yeah. that happens... Um, Probably the next point release, yeah. Yeah, so hmm. I would imagine so because if it's, uh, unless they've changed it, 2004, Ubuntu 2004 now has hardware enablement on by default and you Correct. gotta go turn it off, whereas 1804 had it off and you had to turn it on. on. Yeah. So I would imagine unless something changes, KDE Neon is that way as well. Yeah, I think you're... I think you're correct, unless they change it, which we'll find out at the next point. Yeah, release. I guess we'll we'll find out. Yeah, um, yeah. When we talk about whether or not we're going to keep this, we'll mm-hmm. find out. Now, one of the things that uh, that we wanted to touch on was what what is PKCon? What is this? <sighs> so PKCon, I guess, was intended to be a universal application update tool. Yep. Um, and. It updates more than just your OS base, but it also should work with other OS bases. It, it was supposed to be the one updater to rule them all, right? Like, I think so, so, yeah, exactly. We, we need one standard, so let's create a whole new standard so that we just have one standard, and now it's just another standard in the standards. Yeah, and it's <laughs> not widely adopted, unfortunately, because I think it does have some potential to kind of be the one to rule them all. And and Neon went with PKCon because apt update and then apt upgrade 
does not always pull down the versions of QT that, that there are updates out there for. Right. And PKCon will do that. So if you look um, on, on KDE Neon's FAQ, they've got down at the bottom where it basically says, you can use apt, just make sure you're using dist-upgrade every single time you do an upgrade. Otherwise, you'll be missing bits. And, you know, reading between the lines there, Sounds like things might break if you don't have the right bits of QT with the right bits of all the other stuff. So, uh, yeah, just just live with PKCon. I mean, if, if you if you like yep. to live in the terminal for your updates, just just PKCon. Yeah, because it, Discover, take care of you. Discover on the back end uses that already. Correct. And so it will update with PKCon. Exactly. And actually, that, that's, that was their recommendation was just use Discover mm-hmm. because you're using a GUI anyway. Just click on the upgrade button and... And click go. on the upgrade button yeah. and you're done. Yeah, exactly. And Discover did seem to be working pretty flawlessly um, on Neon. I, I didn't have any issues yeah. with Discover at all. I think so. so. I think Discover's come a long ways. It's had a bad rap in the past. And um, that's unfortunate because I think it it does provide a lot of value now. And it, it's a great graphical interface to use to install software and do updates I used it the whole time that we were testing Neon, and it worked fine for me. Very cool. All right, guys. So, you know, that the answer to those questions, um, that, that really shows um, that there is a difference. There is a difference between using uh, Neon versus Manjaro KDE or Kubuntu and 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 maybe that's maybe that's some of the confusion out there on on why would why would this exist? Now, um, KDE Neon does have two different flavors. Uh, well, I say two different flavors, but two different options. Basically, you have a user-supported one, which is for us to go play around in, and then there's one for developers. So, depending on what your goal is here, you know, you would pick accordingly. So, but again, back to our purpose for talking about KDE Neon in the first place was really to let us showcase and talk about KDE Plasma, or as it is known way back in the day, does anybody know what KDE stands for? Any idea? Pick me, pick me. Come on. This is so good. Let me get let me get my hair gel and my comb out. Hang on. Okay. All right, Dan. Dan, what's what's KDE it's stand for? It's the cool desktop environment. Cool desktop environment. Cool with a K. I just, know. Cool with a K. Make sure cool you put K. that K in there. This yeah. is 1998 and we are typing <laughs> cool in chat exactly. right now. It, exactly. That's like... Uh, uh, remember the Paula Abdul video with the cool cat, mm-hmm. and he was like K O O L, the cartoon cat in the video. That's 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 where we're at, kids. Oh that's man, a, yeah, that was such a good time. A little blast from the past, yeah. man. I love big this. time for the three of us. I'm sure. I, this wi- is, uh, I, I just, I really wish they never changed the name, man. I, I want them to stay yeah. with this. Ah, uh, yeah. So KDE, if you haven't realized, uh, founded 1996. Wow, it's been around quite a while by Matthias. Etrick, a student at the University of Tübingen. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. Yep, on a limb. Tübingen. Um, and the reason he developed KDE, and I think this speaks to a lot of what we're gonna talk about. He was frustrated by the lack of cohesiveness with applications in the Unix desktop. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. It's it's 2020. Isn't that what everybody says? Yeah, yeah. still leaving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, thank you, Matthias. Uh, Still working on it. But his idea was to propose the creation of not just more apps, 
but paired with a desktop environment that users could have a look, feel, and consistent desktop user space. Um, I also like that he used our show name in his quote, user space. Yeah, he went back in time. He heard our show, went he back did. in he time, back. and then made that reference. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome uh, for that, by the way. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So thus... The cool desktop environment was born, and uh, KDE was also kind of a play on CDE, which at the time was the common desktop environment, which had been put together by HP, IBM, and Sun Microsystems based on dun, 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 X11. X11, guys. <laughs> Still working on X11. Listen, uh, it's solid, okay? It's, it's, it's only so abandonware now. It's, nah, yes. it's still on life support. But eventually, the cool was dropped and never heard from again. Uh, like much of our hairstyles and music from the 90s. God, it's so um, sad. And, it is uh, sad. And it, and it was switched to the K desktop environment. And finally, KDE way, way down the road became the official branding. So KDE or K desktop environment 1.0 was released in 1998 on July. And uh, the press release in part here, and, and it, it is really more of a mission statement. And I, I think it just, it really shapes how we see KDE and all that the work that they've put into it come to life. It says, um, it says KDE seeks to fill the need for an easy to use desktop for Unix workstations, similar to the desktop environments found under Mac OS or Windows 95 NT. We believe that the Unix operating system is the best operating system available today. In fact, Unix has been the undisputed choice of the information technology professional for many years. Wow, things have not changed, guys. Uh, when it comes to stability, scalability, and openness, there is no competition like, to, like Unix to Unix. However, the lack of an easy-to-use contemporary desktop environment for Unix has prevented Unix from finding its way onto the desktops of the typical computer user in offices and homes. The so, more things change, the more they stay yeah, the same. They wow, stay the so. same. Is that not just a blast from the past, but just still relevant? Here we are 22 yeah. years later. You just copy yeah. paste 1998 <laughs> to 2020, exactly. and it's the same exact right. same exact thing. We're, we're saying yep. the same things. We're trying same to thing. Do, accomplish the same things. And just wait, because there's more. Yes. So uh, as it goes on, he says, uh, with KDE, there is now an easy to use contemporary desktop environment available for Unix, together with a free implementation of Unix, such as Linux, dun, 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 Unix slash KDE constitutes a completely free and open computing platform available for anyone free to charge, including its source code for anyone to modify. While there will always be room for improvement, we believe to have delivered a viable alternative to some of the more commonly found and commercial operating systems and desktop combinations available today. It is our hope that the combination of Unix and KDE will finally bring open, reliable, stable, and monopoly-free computing to the average computer user. All right, and we can stop the history there because it totally did exactly what they set out to do. They and hit their they mark. Have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and speaking of the 90s, it was like Robin Hood. You remember when he shot the arrow and it, it spun and then it, yeah, never mind. Camera tricks. Okay, I'll move <laughs> yep. on. So uh, we, I looked at, I was looking at some of the screenshots from K Desktop 1.0 and it felt like Windows 3.1, Windows 95, but it definitely had that Linux modular kind of look to it. I don't know if you guys looked at any of the, the desktops, but 
Um, I remember I had a job back then and it was to convert, uh, it's like, I think we end up doing like close to 2000 desktops from windows three, one to windows 95. <laughs> and I got so sick of windows three, one, but that same type that the, the bar at the top, and then there's a, a button at the bottom. It was kind of this little blend, uh, back then, but some of the things that came from that originally was uh, K-Mail. Uh, that was, uh, that's, man, K-Mail's been around a long time. Conqueror. Conqueror's been around a long mm-hmm. time. Um, but drama right from the start. Wait, 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 wait. You, we, we, got, we got drama in that the Linux happen. community? Stop that's it. Crazy. Hang on. Wait you a minute. What? Hold the phone. It's not true. It's, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it at all. Uh, well, even more so. <laughs> Some of the names, I just, uh, things. Um, so we know that uh, KDE is based on QT, okay? So QT at that time was developed and owned by Troll Tech. Yes, I said that correct, Troll Tech. It's, it's like they were foreshadowing the Linux ecosystem, weren't they? A company starts up in 2020 and it's called Troll Tech. One, you don't trust anything they say. Two, you don't let them have a Twitter account. And three, you run. It's, it's different times though, Joe. Different times. I know. Troll tech. So they, they thought it was cool at the time. I thought maybe it, they were into troll dolls because that was probably they were cool at that time. You, you said yeah. Twitter. Just imagine if Twitter existed yeah. back then. Do you think it would be any more tame than it is now? No. No. <laughs> no. no. Oh, goodness. So troll tech, the, uh, the QT free edition license. That, that's what uh, KDE or K desktop environment was using, but it was not compliant with the Free Software Foundation because it didn't allow redistributions of modified versions. So this was a problem because here you have this major player coming in saying all the right things. Let's build this desktop environment. Let's make apps that really draw and tie everything together. Let's make a cohesive desktop experience for the users a la Mac OS, a la iOS, a la even Android, you could say uh, at some point has, you know, and, and today we have plenty of Linux examples, but back then there really wasn't, you know, if you were on Windows, you were all over the place. Uh, Mac was trying, but it still didn't have this this level yet. I mean, it, um, it was cohesive. Yeah. It was just, yes. it was just you know, black and white. Co- yeah. Co- yeah. It was just <laughs> yeah. a lot of silver, a lot of silver mm-hmm. going on. Um, so... Flash forward just a little bit further because so they have this major piece of this desktop environment and it's considered proprietary by the community that's trying to um, welcome it and and build upon it and you know bring it in. Um, so with QT 2.0, Trolltech changes to a free software license. However, it's still not compatible. It's the QPL. It's not compatible with the GPL according to the Free Software Foundation. So. Finally, and the problem with it was basically if Trolltech were to go bankrupt or get bought out, there was no protections or guarantee that QT wouldn't fall under some other restrictive license because the new owner could do whatever they wanted with it, or it would just fade away and it somebody else owned it and it went out of business. So um, thankfully, everybody got together, did a little powwow and compromises were made. And this led to the creation of the KDE Free QT Foundation. And this guaranteed basically that QT would fall under the BSD license if no free or open source version was released during a 12-month period. So if development stopped or got bought or purchased or blah, 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 any of the things that could happen, they were covered. They at least had it to where it could still be used. 
if I understand that correctly. A little thought experiment. What do you think would have happened? Let's say that the the KDE Free QT Foundation did not get this done, and it would not default to a BSD license. You know, when catastrophe struck. Let's say KDE fell to the wayside, and the license was incompatible with everything, and it just got forgotten. What would be desktop number two? Cinnamon. You think? What else? I mean, you got GNOME. Well, you know what? It's, Those developers would have gone and done something else, right? Exactly. But what? What would but they might, have but done? Yes, would they have right. teamed so up with one it, of the other desktops or would they have you know, done something else? They would have gone to GNOME and then these guys would have kept GNOME 2 going and GNOME 3 would have gone off this way. Oh. And then we would have had GNOME 2.5. And uh, yeah, I, I think it know. depends on the timing, the, right? Because yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So you're saying you have GNOME and you have GNOME and there was a legal battle. Yes. And then like you have to say the one or the other. And now we're in like right. some kind of weird. Uh, Maybe they would go KNOME <gasps> and then we'd have KNOME. Oh. That's what it would be. KNOME. The That's latest it. KDE app developed, app number 201, KNOME. There it is. <laughs> it's GNOME shell in KDE. KNOME shell. Um, yeah. KNOME shell. Feels like an April Fool's <laughs> so, joke. We have, oh, we yeah. have. We're back in the we're back in the sewer from last episode. <laughs> we we have we have fallen from the path here. Um, so yes, uh, all of that takes place. However, it gets resolved. So your question is moot because here we are, twenty some years later, and we Correct. have KDE yep. and we have QT. Thankfully, and so we it's do. all there. I'm so happy we did. Yes, yes. So uh, now we're up uh, the year 2000. Y2K bugs been squashed because we're in October. Um, Yes, uh, all that work, mm-hmm. all those ATM machines that didn't spit out all that money for me. And how? Um, K Desktop Environment 2.0 is released, and their focus here is introducing more applications. And you will see this as a common thread. KDE is they they, do, they make a good attempt on their mission statement because they're developing this environment. But man, more applications. Uh, we see Conqueror get uh, developed some more. K the K Office Suite. Um, which l- reading through these words, uh, K word, K spread, K illustrator, K chart, K present. How did they not get sued by Microsoft? <laughs> how's, how's, because there's a K. And there's on a the K front. in the front of that. Joe. Obviously different. Do you remember Microsoft in 2000? This is the Internet Explorer. Yeah. These guys were chasing uh, people legal with battles. hatchets. Oh, yeah. I know. Suing everybody Man. into the ground. This, this, by the way, is my first taste of Linux. This Ooh. is right around the time. I can't, I can't remember if exactly if it was KDE 2 or KDE 3, but I, I looked at those screenshots of KDE 2, and it was just like flashback. Nostalgia uh-huh. hit me right in the face. And this was me installing Slackware and deciding what desktop I needed and, you know, K this and K that and everything K is K is K. <laughs> I was like, yeah, cool. K, let's put it on. And <laughs> okay. That, yep. And so, yeah, the, the, that, that whole theme... Uh, yep, I feel it in my mm-hmm. bones. And I think this is probably why I really kind of enjoy falling back to plasma every now and then. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it's interesting as we look through because, you know, a few years later, we get to the third generation, uh, K Desktop Environment 3.0. And um, I lo- the first thing that jumped out at me is, man, if you flip back through, do like a picture mm-hmm. flip on these things, like a flip book, is is color. You're like, oh, wow, color. Yeah. 
look at that because everything was like silver, silver and and gray and and I mean and desktop computing seemed to be that way. You, oh, if you weren't was. in a terminal, yeah. if you were looking at a desktop, I mean Windows, you know, it had gone, but Mac was very gray and silver. You know that Unix C, mm-hmm. they all, they both they all had that same. They wanted to ugh. give it that metallic feel. Everything had a gray right. too. By the way, this is Web two yes. mm-hmm. Right when Web two happened and everything was a bubble or it was a gradient of some kind, and yeah, but uh, I love it. And you know what? There wasn't. You know what? There wasn't. This is this is our uphill both ways kind of thing right now. <laughs> there was no dark mode. Oh no, There's no, no dark, dark mode no, here. No, no, yeah, no, 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 no. if you're computing nope. in the dark, you just have to take that in the eyeballs. Yeah, but they had gray mode. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it came default, and you could change it to gray mode because it was always gray mode. So silver gray. There you go. That's uh, it can be any color no you want as long as that color is gray. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you can have all the gray you want. Yes. Um. So. Uh, very much KDE, but yes, you can, no drastic changes, but everything feels very iterative, right? If you look, um, it, you don't have any time through this whole KDE experience, um, as I, even up to today, you don't have that Windows 8, that GNOME 3 moment. You, everything still feels, I feel like if you were on KDE 5, you could go back and at least know what's going on with K desktop one, K desktop two, K desktop three. The the um they 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 stuck to what they felt was the paradigm mm-hmm. that was going to work for the system. Um, added a lot of bells and whistles, of course, along the way. Um, but we also see here from version uh, one, which is QT one. So their version changes can't change with that QT toolkit there. So QT two, that K desktop two. With three, we also see some time added. So they only had a couple of years to develop on on one and two, but now three, they're going to develop for, uh, was it six years? Yeah. Um, so now you have these different releases. You have a lot more iterative iteration changes. So you can get 3.1, 3.2, you know, all the way up. And, um, a lot of, a lot more applications, uh, K wallet, contact, color paint, copeat. Um, oh, I which, remember copeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ahead of its time, man. Tied in with AOL, MSN, Yahoo. ICQ, IRC, Jabber, it tied in with all of those things. Pretty cool IM client uh, back in the day. I'm, but, I'm convinced uh, they stayed with version three because it, <laughs> it rhymed with uh, KDE3. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that way that's, they, that's, that, they could just do a rhyme scheme the whole, the whole time. The whole time. Uh, so we move up 2008, January 11th, KDE Software Compilation 4. So we're no longer K-Desktop. Um, we are K. DE software compilation for, and the reason for that is you see a migration here where where they are trying to break some of this out because think about it, they've got this development going on, they've got the desktop environment going on, and all the application going on. So this is their first attempt to kind of break this out. So they have three separate teams working on three um, different projects that all tie together. But they have their own release cadences, and they can um, uh, work and develop independently. Um, also, KDE uh, four or Qt four, Qt four. Do you know what else that enabled? Have you used any Qt applications on any other OS besides Linux? Like Windows. Like Windows and Mac yeah. OS. Yes, Qt with Wait Qt four Yeah. Before that, it only was working on uh-huh. on uh, uh, Windows had its own kind of uh, I think fork or its own kind of mm-hmm. development. But now with this change with Qt4, they they were compatible and you could develop mm-hmm. um, cross platform there basically. 
Um, interestingly also, so one of the things I think all of us remember about QT4 and KDE4, well, I'll read this and you you tell me. So um, the goal of QT4 was lower resource usage and stability. Boy, I don't was think it? the early days uh, fit into that <laughs> box. No. no. Surely not. It, it yeah, might yeah, have towards yeah. the end of KDE4. It, it, yeah, but everybody it had ran away. There, but yeah, no, because right. the early days were awful as far as resources. A little, little crashy, a little, little heavy. A little, a little crashy. Lots of memory. <laughs> Holy cow. In fact, the Linux father himself, uh, quote here, Linus Torvalds, who was on GNOME and had gone to KDE and had been on KDE for quite a while. So in an interview there when 4.0 released, it says on why he switched back to GNOME from KDE, he refers to KDE 4.0 as a disaster, calling it a break-everything model and half-baked. So when they did come into QT 4.0, they weren't, they had, they removed some features from 3.5. And I think that really ruffled a lot of feathers. Well, hold on. From the king of don't break user space. uh, Yes. Yeah. That's, that's going to ruffle some feathers, man. Exactly. Yeah. Him and uh, Greg KH, like uh, that, uh, we were uh, talking about uh, Greg KH recently, right? His, he was pushing, like, do not break user. Your users trust you. Don't do it. Yes. Yeah. So it would it would make sense. And and actually, um, I, I read through another article that um, because I, I wasn't on KD at this time, but uh, that where they were even they weren't even recommending really. They did. They not. were recommending everybody stay on 3.5 yep. until I think 4.2 it, or it was, something. It was released. a while into it. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't until 4.3 that a lot of the 3.5 functionality was back. And in that release alone. They squashed 10,000 plus bugs and implemented almost 2,000 feature requests. Wow. That's a yeah. Lot. Unfortunately, wow. like in the process, I think they lost a lot of their users as well. Yes. And, and that was, see, cause I, re- I remember listening and everybody talking about, and I, and I know this was all during the 4.0 period where, you know, back when we talked about KDE, like, oh, well, if you got modern hardware. Right. And you don't mind bugs and it's really, it can be pretty, but man, is it heavy Mm -hmm. and this and that. And it had GNOME and KDE kind of as these two heavy, heavy hitters, well, at least GNOME 3 um, at the latter part of um, KDE 4. They were like the, oh, well, if you got, you know, an i7, you know, you you can run it, you know, but uh, (laughs) it's not not XFCE. (laughs) So Absolutely. Um, there was some struggles there um, with, with 4.0, and it, it took years. I know in my mindset, it took mm-hmm. years to, to, to really accept that, oh, okay, that was then, this is now. Because you get this, this taste in your mouth from uh, being burned, right. right? I mean, how many times have you been burned by something and you're not like, not touching nope, that again? I don't mm-hmm. care what they say. Nope, not doing it. So um, 4.0 brought with it a lot of updates to key apps that we're still using today, Dolphin, K-Runner, Plasma widgets, um, all those new desktop effects, uh, little genie, you know, little genie yep. thing where you're, where you're, you know, anybody who likes the bling, all wobbly that stuff windows. was uh, wobbly windows. Oh, the blur. If you wanted to put a KDE theme on there that looked like Mac, well, there's your feature. You got to have yes. that bit. Mm-hmm. You got to well, At least at it. that yes. time. Now it's, yeah. it's not so much. Right. Also, uh, with 4.2, that's when we start seeing the name Plasma. Um, the Plasma 4 desktop, it had come out with 4.0, but it really wasn't featured. But basically, 
um, Plasma 4 was replacing three central um, areas, uh, K-Desktop K Shell, Kicker Taskbar, and Super Caramba Widget Engine, uh, which were all from KDE3 uh, and, and prior. Yeah, and everybody knows about the Super Caramba. Yeah. Oh, Super Caramba. <laughs> oh, yes. So they had basically spun this KDE software compilation into three separate products. You had KDE Plasma, you had KDE Frameworks and KDE Applications. And they, again, as we mentioned, they all had their own release cadence. Um, but that's where we see this focus on Plasma. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and that's the desktop environment and that's the world we're living in. So yet, even with all the development in 4.0, the elephant in the room is still performance. Um, a lot of them, even uh, Linus, later on, he said, there's a there's potential there. Like they saw the potential. There's a couple inter uh, interviews from Ars Technica. They see it. You know, it's kind of like using something, and you go, oh, if if just you know, kind of. I, I was thinking how we felt when we were using um, Deepin. Like you see the potential, but there's just some instability and just some underlying things that just you it you just it's just missed that close and. And that's, yeah, and that's what I got, the, the feel I got from a lot of these interviews. And I remember at the time, like people saying like, ah, oh, it's beautiful, but uh, some of the bugs. So KDE Plasma 5, July, 2014. We're now up to a QT5 base. We got a new fresh coat of paint. This probably was uh, one of the bigger over uh, visual overhauls, but still held true to the, the, the paradigm that uh, KDE had put forward. But what about performance? What what do we see with Plasma 5? Well, obviously with any new release, we're talking 2014 here, you know, you move to this new toolkit, there's going to be some issues. But as I was looking through the development pattern at, at the dot, the point releases all the way through, everything, every one of them, performance, resource, and Wayland, those were the three consistent. We want better performance, better resource usage, better Wayland. And by about 5.17, so about a little over a year ago, KDE Plasma 5 desktop resource usage on par and beating in some uh, categories, except sure. So w when about was 5.17? Do we remember? Uh, it was October 2019. Okay. Well, let me tell you this. It's before that. I have yeah. a blog post that I posted yes. in 2018, and I was comparing mm -hmm. all of the desktops. And yep. KDE then beat XFCE in memory usage. And really? I mean, th that's the whole point of the post. The whole point of the post is, guys, have you seen Plasma? It's fantastic on resource usage. And yep. so I went out and did it. I, I put it I on think, this yep. little Intel Celeron J1900 that, that you know, yeah. barely scooted with anything. And right. it ran Plasma. I want to say it was around like .12 was 12.13 was when it got to that where you could put them side by side and compare. I think when it with the, some of the other refinements they had made, uh, this last go round where it was like steadily beating XFCE in some sure. areas and it was stable and you felt like you could put it, I could recommend this. So the one thing with XFCE, we talk about resource usage, but we also talk about stability. Mm -hmm. Like it's gonna be there. It's gonna be consistent. It's gonna... By this time, Plasma 5 is very consistent. You don't have all the breakages you had before. And yeah, and it's, man, just to talk about like Cinderella story as far as like resource well, usage. I mean, yeah. Plasma's on a trajectory that's, you know, lowering the resource usage 
and XFCE is kind of on an upward trajectory because Uh they've they've transitioned from GTK2 to GTK3. And GTK3, just in general, uses more resources. So, yeah, they they, they cross paths. You know, the the graphs cross there somewhere. And uh, the plasma is, is certainly on the winning side. And and I think you yeah. know even if you need to pull out even more outside of the fact that plasma will kind of figure it out for you, you just turn off all the animations mm-hmm. and it's so yes. snappy. Yep, it's yep. so snappy. So th- this does not surprise me in the least. Yeah, I, I didn't think twice. I I pulled out my uh, old this old Acer. I think it's like a 2011, 2012. It's got like a dual core, if even <laughs> i five in it. And um, I'm like, you know what? I, I previously had XFCE on it or, or uh, you know what? I had LX, LXDE mm-hmm. on it, I think, or something like that. Because um, it was just kind of like, hey, look, this still this thing still works. Right. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to throw Manjaro KDE on here last year. That thing sings. It just runs beautifully. It's capped out at four gigs of RAM because it's a soldered yep. on chip. Um, can't upgrade it. Can't do anything with it. It's like a little... You know, one of those little ultra books, but man, it, it runs and it, and it's really seems smart about at least the, the implementations I've seen where it, it adjusts yes. to the hardware. Yes, it does. Yeah. It looks a little, uh, not as shiny as, uh, Manjaro on my, my desktop here, but it, it runs so smooth. Yeah. It runs well, you got a bottom of the barrel nice. CPU, dude. You don't, you don't get yeah. those features, but, uh, no, <laughs> you no. can turn them on. They'll be slow, but it'll work. You can turn them on and chug away. Yeah. But the fact that it can run and um, the, the advancements that were made, so we pair we pair that with the the advancements they've made. We pair that with now uh, neon, you know. So b- back full circle. So so neons really started to come about when Plasma Five started to come mm-hmm. about. If we look at the time frame because it became their kind of their their testing ground. But also we see in 2017 KDE Slimbook. Mm-hmm. The 14 and 15 inch versions shipping KDE Neon. Yep. So for not a distro. Right. <laughs> yeah. As was pointed it's out. It's in a list full of distros. Man, it's it's uh it seems to be uh if they're if they're shipping it on hardware, uh, and this isn't like a development only type thing, you know, that this is just hardware to users. That's that's significant, I think. In fact, I went and looked today. Yeah, I can I've spec'd one. I looked, it's got the brand that 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 new four thousand series yeah. Ryzen mobile processor, mm-hmm. the Ryzen mm-hmm. 7 4800H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice machine. How does that stack up against the M1 chip? Well, <laughs> I don't know, actually. You know what? Have we done that? No, I don't. See, I don't. They're, they're so big at, about tr- trying to trounce Intel. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if they're they're moving with the mobile uh, good point. Ryzen 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I'm not sure. But uh, but yeah, so so KDE Neon that that was really our our venture into this. You know, if you think you look at all the development that's happened, they they obviously have put a lot of love into this um, desktop environment, and and not just focused on a quote unquote distro because we hear that a lot. But they're trying to get you to be able to do things with their desktop environment. So they want. You know, Caden Live, right? I mean, uh, all of these different. You know, what what do you do? We they're working on these apps yeah. also that tie the whole desktop together um, to make it one working experience. Yeah. Now there are other distributions that are working on this. We know Elementary's working on some things like that. Um, 
you know, uh, GNOME even has some apps and stuff. But I, 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 I'd venture to say that as far as Linux goes, um, and I, I think um, some of the other distros like Linux Mint, uh, you know, they, they've they've put out some apps and things like that. But really, feels like KDE is not to that level, right? Nobody yeah. to that level. You know, everybody has their apps, and there are groups that put apps together. But it's not mm. like this. And for as cheesy as it is, having K on the front of everything, oh, it's cheesy. It makes it easy to find. But exactly, not not only that, yep. but it it gives you that sense of cohesion. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. is a money application. There is a browser application. There is a every single thing. There, Caden Live. There is a video editing application. There is a um, image manipulation application yep. in Krita. And you go to apps.kde.org and you can see this is, and I mean, for for as as um just to make the comparison this is the same kind of thing that you're getting on the apple side with garageband and safari mm, right. and everything else they really are targeting that this is it this is all you need and they're making a big push for apps i i will say that you might even find multiple applications that do the same thing um so i i know for instance like you you mentioned k my money um, there's also Scrooge and they're very similar, but a little bit different geared, just a little bit different. And so there, there's applications for your applications. It seems like. Yep. Yeah. And, um, also we've, we've seen, um, some of these KDE apps end up in windows. Oh yeah. Yep. Many, many. And the way they broke it out, it makes it feel not like an afterthought. So if I'm a developer and I'm like, oh, you know what? I guess I, let me work on this in my part-time. And it, no, it, it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like they've got mm-hmm. teams uh, dedicated to um, projects they love um, with the applications. They've got teams that are um, dedicated to the desktop environment. They have uh, teams that are uh, dedicated to the framework and what they're doing with that uh, at large. So it really, really makes for a a different type of environment, and I don't think they get enough credit for that. Personally, I I really don't. I I feel like they get stacked up against uh, everybody else again. And I'm I'm famously uh, or not famous. I'm not famous whatsoever. <laughs> no, but I've, be. I've yeah, been known now, as the gnome guy. You know, uh, uh, spent a lot of time on Pop OS. Love Pop OS. Spent a lot of time in Gnome um, since Gnome three. And really, uh, this deep dive and really started for open with OpenSUSE for me again, um, getting back into KDE and going, wow, man, and just really opening your eyes at to all the development that's happening within this one, this one project that is multiple projects. Yeah. What what struck me was how many how many uh, KDE applications I was already using every day. Oh yeah. Right. And yes. then it was like, oh, but they feel native here. Yes. Yes. Like it integrates in here. Yeah. Right. And that is nice because sometimes, you know, again, coming from the GNOME world more, I'd go look for my app that was a GTK3 app. And I'm like, yes, yeah, okay, it's fine. Like, all right, there it is. And then you realize like, oh, they have one. They have another app that's already a native app that's Q5. And oh, let me let me try that and app. It's got a K and, in the and name. they're good Obviously. apps. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> they're good apps. <laughs> So, uh, guys, so we, uh, I guess, you know, a little bit more about uh, KDE Neon. Again, it comes in the user edition, developer edition. Uh, it's running currently on Ubuntu 20.04 uh, LTS. They're going to, they'll rebase again, you know, uh, 22.04, I guess. Uh, Plasma 5. So we've heard talk about uh, the six 
Qt toolkit that's uh, that'll be coming down the road. Um, you know, again, it, it seems like every time you have to update to a new, you know, GTK four or whatever it is, it, all these things are they're going to bring their host of unknowns and and going to have to work through things. But hopefully, uh, not too much, right? Because <laughs> I'm really happy with it. Uh, Dolphin as a file manager, I, I think's really good. Um, uh, Discover has come a long way, and that's their package management uh, of choice. I, I think it works great. It's running on kernel 5.4 currently. Kwin's the display manager, and you can get it on X. And they have put a lot of work in Wayland development the last couple of years as well. They are really trying to push forward for that. So, guys, KDE Neon, what do you think? Should it be? Should it exist? Should we recommend it? Should we not? Well, I think it has its place, right? So I think the big takeaway um, as far as place is you have to know the caveats before you jump right in. This, I, I don't feel like this should be your daily driver unless you're ready to deal with all of the plasma bits, you know, coming down through the fire hose and potentially breaking something, you know, and having the incompatibility you know, and knowing how to deal with that and work around it. If you're not prepared for that, this probably isn't for you. And I, I would have yeah, to think I, that most people fall into the category where they just want to load it up and have it work. They don't want to have to mess around. So if you're, if you're okay with that and you're ready to deal with it, then great. Go for it. Maybe you put this on a testing machine. Or maybe you're working on some of the KDE applications and whatnot. Therefore, this would be great. That's that's where I feel. You know, I'm 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 a little more warm on Neon, to be honest. Um not a single episode of this show have we recorded and I have made the decision to record on that distro. I've never felt comfortable enough. Hmm. Not once, except for on Linux Mint, because, well, I mean, I'm already there. Yeah, yeah. shut up. Yeah, well. <laughs> the only other time that it's happened is right now. Wow. I'm on KDE Neon now, and, I mean, a, a lot of that stability can be attributed to the Ubuntu 20.04 base. So, you know, right there, that's already one of the big things that makes me feel comfortable doing this. But the other is that I started on uh, 5.20.2, and while it's a, a minor revision number to .3, I went through, did the upgrade to .3, not a single thing broke. A week later, the, um, what is it, 5.76, I yeah, can't remember exactly framework. what it was, but it was the yep. KDE Framework. Mm -hmm. That came down, and that was hundreds of updates. Oh, yeah. And I did that, mm -hmm. and everything was stable. So I'm not saying run out and go put this on your system or anything like that. Dan's right. I mean, know that what you're getting into, it is, it is you know, air quoting, quote, unquote, uh, not a distro. But, man, it's stable for that. And it, it might start to really start to show its age toward, you know, when 20, uh, 2204, Ubuntu 2204 is coming out, getting ready. The betas are coming out, you know, QT, this and that, whatever issues. But, you know, as I'm sitting here right now, I haven't seen any kind of, you know, nothing, nothing exploded. I, I've, been, I've been having a great time on this, living on the bleeding edge of plasma. It's been, it's been very, very nice. So stability is great. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I agree with you, Leo. Um, I, again, I run, I've been running KDE on, on Manjaro 
So uh, again, I obviously don't mind things breaking. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, and of course, it's okay for the you know 500 updates a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we like to, we, you know, I, I'm in that class of uh, punish me. You know, <laughs> like I want to do all the things and I want to play. Um, but, I, you know, I was just thinking like, okay, so what if my draw to be on Manjaro or Endeavor or just straight up Arch was the latest desktop mm-hmm. environment? Not so much... You know, because in now with with flatbacks and snaps, like I'm getting the latest software. Like that's not a problem. I feel like I, I'm I've I've got the current stuff. And I was thinking with um with neon, you know, again if you're on snaps and flatpacks, well then, you know, uh, if the desktop environment is updated, the framework is updated. Maybe maybe it's not so bad heading towards the end of 2004 and into 2204. Um, but maybe you don't want to deal with all the cruft that comes with running an arch base or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You have the stability of Ubuntu. Um, you, that's pretty, you know, reliable. And then now you get to play with the the latest and greatest of the desktop environment, which is what you're doing anyways. So it's about what we're doing with our computers, because if it's just to update them and look like most of us do things, yeah, like trying. we've got jobs, anyway. we want to work yeah. on our yeah. computers. So, so maybe we'd rather have a little bit of this stable base but we, yeah, we're we're excited about KDE development or, or mm-hmm. something like that. Maybe this is for you. It's a great way to handle this situation where you want the newest yeah. of the new of this, but everything else needs to not move. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't have to worry about your a new kernel coming in and you having to go. Oh man, that 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 messed me up. Uh, like I thought I might have had my issue with uh you know with uh with uh, with OpenSUSE and five point nine. I thought, okay, am I going to have to roll this back because I wasn't sure with NVIDIA? Like those issues aren't as prevalent. You can, you know, have more of that stability from Ubuntu. Thank you, Ubuntu. You're amazing. And get the latest, greatest. So if that's your cup of tea, have at it, man. Uh, Again, this is Linux. We're we're here to to learn, I think. That's the way I look at it. Um, I'm always trying to learn. So a lot of people, maybe they're past the learning stage and they just want, you know, Zubuntu. Uh, no offense, Ubuntu. <laughs> you want the most boring thing ever. Yeah. To me, it's just like, uh, okay. Um, but boring and that's is good. Fine. Boring so, is sometimes good. it is. There's, yeah. Yeah, it is. Again, depends on what you're doing right. with it. But if, if this excites you and uh, you want to throw it on a machine, man, I think mm-hmm. have at it. Uh, yeah. I think it's, it's, a good, it's a good blend. Yeah. And I mean, we, we've been talking about Plasma for a little bit. And I mean, I got I, I to gotta talk more about the performance. My laptop, and I've every single distro we do, please tell me if I'm lying to you, if I don't tell you at least once where it's like, ah, oh, it's on my laptop, it's a little slow. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. this time. Yeah. Plasma right. is amazing on lower spec hardware on this laptop. You know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes into a session in any GTK-based desktop, things get chunky. You know, you minimize something, the frames drop. It's not 30, 60 frames a second, you know, sliding right into where it needs to be. It does on my desktop where I've got the big beefy hardware, but not on my laptop where I've got this U-series i5. It wasn't this way with Plasma. Poor soul. I know. Poor soul. Hey, yeah. but, it's, but it's great. It's perfect for, for what I need right here. Just in GTK-based desktops, it gets annoying, and I like the eye candy. So, you know, but with Plasma, though, it, it, it's just not that way. Everything remains smooth. The only time I ever saw a frame drop in Plasma was when I was recording video with OBS. And that's already CPU intensive. So I can forgive Plasma for that. But 
it, it blew me away. And the same with that Celeron J1900. It just didn't skip a beat. It was fantastic. I will say, though, um, one thing you got to get used to on Neon, single click. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that's a plasma default, it is. I think. Um, and it's that way in Fedora, too. But here's my thing. If you're going to be single click, make it single click. Did you guys download anything from any GTK-based app to get a file explorer of any kind? I don't believe in such Yeah, I don't oh, think I did. See? see? Yeah. Yeah. And when you do that, you realize the GTK-based applications do not respect the single click. Oh. oh. There, there's there's got to be a setting buried somewhere oh, sure where GTK is. just doesn't yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Uh-oh. I'm like no, huh. no. If you're going to make me single click this and that and everything else you better make it single click everywhere so that Man. that kind of that kind of that makes me, me want to say respect the click karen uh, re- seriously <laughs> all of you under 15 will understand I the need reference you to just single yep. click all the things okay yeah <laughs> respect the drip i mean the click <laughs> very cool you you mentioned it earlier those apps they yeah. they work on windows and that that's one of the coolest things yeah, ever it really is some of them take some getting used to. I am used to because I deal with MP3s and tagging mm-hmm. and all that stuff all the time. And easy tag is easy. It's named well. It does what it does very well. And so I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm, I'm on Neon. I'm going to try and do all this stuff, but I'm going to do it with the Plasma stuff. And so which one is that? That's Kid 3. Mm-hmm. They It just got picked up as a KDE app. I'm like, all right, let's do it. I'm ready. I was lost. I had no idea what to do. I had no idea how to multi-tag anything. I'm sure there's a way. I still haven't figured it out. But, you know, all of the apps are kind of like that, right? Yeah. You got celluloid on uh, all the GTK-based things, most of them now. Uh, and then you got Dragon Player over here. You got Screenshot over there, and you got Spectacle over here. The thing that got me every single time with Spectacle is that in most distros, I can just type snap. Yeah, this is a Windows thing. I'm sorry. But I can type snap, yep. and the screenshot application will come mm-hmm. up. Not spectacle. I had to remember to type spec. Otherwise, it just... Mm-mm. I just hit the print. No. Even in K-Runner, really? So Maybe I, I, I always K-Runner type K-Runner uh, should do contextual uh, search <laughs> yeah. as well, uh, but the menu uh, okay. might not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think that, that may have been the difference. Actually, it did. You know, it, it, didn't, it doesn't Really? Uh, That's see. unfortunate. Well, I think most people do screenshot, and mm-hmm. that right. would be more contextual than snapshot, which is a oh, Windows that makes sense. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because their thing is called a snipping tool, and snip. so I would That's type I snip type or snap snip. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so yep. that 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 got me, but I mean. That that's that's one of the things that you got to get used to. If you're coming from a GNOME world, if you're coming from a GTK world, you gotta you don't have to because you can install the GTK based app. But if you want to, you know, give me the plasma, there's, there's some getting used to. You got to do some getting used to on that. Well, so guys, what is happening with this install on your computers? What you doing? I'm with it? probably gonna roll over it. I I, I hate to say that because. Plasma is one of my favorite desktop environments. Probably, it's in the top five, no doubt. I don't believe you. I don't believe. But you. I'm gonna roll over it. It it's top five. Like what? What's what's one through four? Now I gotta ask. Well, I I, I haven't gone through and sorted them out. So. <laughs> oh, you just made, box. You, you made up a sports a reference. I don't know. That guy's top ten no, all time. Alex Cute is at the top. I'm sorry, Joe. That's nine, number one. Always will be. It's my love. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's your baby. It's, it's where, where I live. It's, uh, 
It's where you inv- it's where you invest your I heart do. and time. But we're so close now, though. But they are. It's look like they're cousins. Yeah, it's great. They're cousins. Are they? Is uh, LXQT using yes. Q5 as well? Yeah, same toolkit. Yeah, a lot of the same. There's there's a lot of similarities there. I mean, it's like a brother from yep. another mother. Yeah. So it's close, but I'm rolling over it because like I don't have time for all these. Yeah, it's what you fire do. hose. Yeah, man, we know, we know. Look. Updates coming at me. One day, one day we're gonna try something. And nope, it's going to be the same, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe you'll keep it for maybe. a month. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Leo? Look, let me tell you something. I love plasma. Oh my God. The amount of things that you can do with it. Everybody, everybody has this thing where, where they're like, oh, I don't like plasma because it's got 7,622 different options. <clears throat> no, those are great. You don't have to touch them. Yeah. You don't have to, but I do. And I make it exactly the way that I want it to be. Oh, man, I turn off gradient over here. I add transparency over here. I throw some blur over here. Oh, terminal blur with transparency. Uh, oh, one of the best beautiful. things uh, in my entire life. Makes me so happy. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I, th- I think I'm going to keep Neon on this machine for a little while. Hmm. I want to find out if this, this QT, this or that, whatever, I'm just going to see what happens. And mm-hmm. if it blows up, it blows up. You know, I'll report on that, whatever. But right now, yeah. it's it's not a casualty. I'm keeping it. It's so nice. Awesome. I, when hardware enablement comes out, I'll be a happy camper. I'll, I'll put it on my desktop too. Keep it on my yeah. desktop. Very cool. Um, I'm already running Manjaro KDE, which has got me pretty close. I will leave this on my laptop because I am too curious uh, for the naysayers that were like, it's going to break, it's going to break. I want to see it break. I want yeah, it to break yeah. on me. So I will keep it going. Um, Maybe I, they I fix those issues. Who knows? They, they're, they're probably more like truthers. I'll give them that. <laughs> 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 We've used it for a month. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens coming forward. But uh, great implementation. I like it. It's simple. It's easy. And um, yeah, I'm really, KDE has just become a whole, you know, my little love these days. So. It was nice to be able to have a, a show kind of dedicated to that desktop environment as well as uh, Neon and the great work they're doing over there. Yeah, what a great KDE corner. Yeah. Housekeeping, Housekeeping. Dad. Housekeeping. Keeping the house. Oh, no, it doesn't no, it work at all. Come on, Leo. <laughs> get a clue. No, we don't want that guy coming in. Housekeeping. I tried. Yeah. Housekeeping. <laughs> that sounds creepy, you need, Joe. You need a pillow flow. Creepy, Joe. You're not you're not answering the no. door, right? Somebody comes to the door. <laughs> yeah, you slowly put the lock on there. Yeah, just with as little noise as possible. So sorry. It's like it's like Lurch, Lurch from the Adams family. Yeah. Housekeeping. <laughs> the Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that in our podcast showcase for this episode. We have Full Circle Weekly. That's right, Full Circle Weekly. This is a podcast that is part of the Full Circle Magazine. And is hosted by our very own Leo Chavez. Leo, who me? This guy, what? The one you've been moonlighting, dollar sign all the time. Turns out I'm on two others, right? I mean, and Full Circle Weekly News is one of them. uh, I'm cutting your check. Yeah, well, see, with with (laughs) the uh, hiatus. Uh, the indefinite hiatus of tabs, not spaces. Mm-hmm. You could get your news fix with Full Circle Weekly News. It's uh, a lot of the same stuff, but um, not a robot. How about that? Yeah. It's a real live, wow. actual blood in the veins person, right? Really? It's no, hi, this is Leo <laughs> Chavez. Here are 
the notes for today. You know what? Mm. You know what? Maybe uh, if I get enough feedback on this, maybe I'll do an episode that way. No, please, that would no. be great. I, I would like to. <laughs> I would like to guest star on that one. Uh, yeah, come on, bring a news story with you. I'll be. I'll be the robot. There you go. Hi, Leo. I I love this show mostly because it's um it's short. Yes. If you have five minutes or less in your day, actually in your week, yeah, then you can you can get all of the news uh, from the Linux ecosystem straight to your brain, right through your ear holes, and yeah, I mean it's 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 there. It's compact. I I try to do each segment thirty seconds or less. Every news story thirty seconds or less. Three three main points. That's it, and we're done. Well, I keep recommending this sort of show, and uh, this one's lived through the test of time and hopefully continues. Unlike some of the other ones that I've recommended. Ooh. <laughs> if anything happens to me, man, I will hand it off to someone else. It will not die. Won't let this thing die. Dan, Dan is the official nail in the coffin <laughs> for podcasts. So, so maybe, don't mention this one. Maybe I need on a break. This I don't show, know. I don't know. Dan. Yeah, it's it's my favorite style of show. So I keep recommending. Feel free to send your emails and feedback to contact at linuxuserspace.show. If you like what you hear on this show, please consider sponsoring us on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash linuxuserspace. Please follow us on Twitter at linuxuserspace to get all the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. We also have our Telegram group. Uh, in fact, even some of the questions we've talked about today have come through in Telegram. So head on over there to continue the conversation. Give us feedback and ask us questions and decide the way that the show's going to go. And laugh at GIFs. Oh, plenty of those. GIFs. GIFs. GIFs, GIFs, laugh. peanut butter, crunchy. Laugh at all yes, of sir. it. Just like a giraffe. Gir- hey, hey, Gnome. Lastly, uh, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website. LinuxUserspace.show This is App Focus, where Joe focuses on an app. Or a dash hound. <laughs> in this episode, we're going to talk about Caden Live. So we, we talked <sighs> enough. No, we didn't. We didn't talk enough. We did not talk enough. We need more K apps. Yeah. Yeah, we need all the K apps, all the plasma, all the K apps, all the everything. That's that's what we're trying to do to you. Give you more K. K? K. All right. K. Now, okay. <laughs> what is Caden Live? Um, it is a full featured multi audio, multi video track editing application with filters here and filters there with compressors and wipes and everything. Everything that you would need. It's got all the features that plants crave <laughs> it's getting more stable every single release if, if you look back in history you're gonna see every single person complaining about how crashy it can be i've been doing all of my youtube videos of which i think there may be like a half dozen now i mean so i'm saying like there's not that many but oh you mean all, all, all every of, single all one. of them all every single man. one of those six yeah all of them 
And uh, I mean, they're not very long, right? They're they're ten minutes, but they are multi-video because I, I I don't do everything in one in one take. Yep. Um, I do a little bit of audio editing in there. I do video editing. I do some filters. I do wipes. Uh, I add text. All this kind of stuff. And so, I am not a professional. What do you call this? Producer, videographer, whatever it is. And I've not had Caden Live crash on me but one time. And when I started it back up, it was like, hey. We noticed you crashed. Here you go. And it just picked right back up where I left off. So I was pretty impressed by that. Sure. And it does what it does. And I think it's really intuitive at how it goes about it. You want to clip something out? Click on the little scissors thing. It, it'll take care of you. If you want to wipe from, uh, you know, transition from one video to another, you grab one side of one video, drag it over the other video and then press play and that's it and it'll do this fade transition from one to the other now i mean admittedly it took me a little while to figure that out because i mean i didn't expect it to be right there on the timeline but it was and when i got it i was like oh that was like the easiest thing in the world i don't know how i missed that the first time around but it was uh it was really good so yeah i mean if you're not a professional if you want that it's not quite Movie Maker or um, what's the Apple one? Um, iMovie. iMovie, yeah. iMovie, right. I mean, it's not quite there, but I mean, it's got, I think, a lot of features that those do not. And if you're looking to start somewhere that is really easy to get started with video making, whatever that yep. means to you, and work your way up to the point where... I don't know, maybe it does get a little crashy when you have like seven different video tracks and 18 different audio tracks and 45 different filters on it. Maybe it does, but I don't get that far up there and it is fantastic. So for a, you know, easy to use, uh, easy to get started with and just quick video editor, this is it. This is the one you want to try and it works just fine in desktop environments that are not plasma because right. I do most of my work in Cinnamon. Um, but it works fantastic in Plasma as well. So you guys had any experience with it, messed with it at all? Well, I produced four movies. Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, no, I haven't. Four Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> four Warner Brothers, yeah. <laughs> However, I do have some video that I am going to be editing in Caden Live coming up soon. So You yes. let me know if it crashes. Um, I want to know what target, what, what triggers this. Oh, yeah. I, I'm going to blame it all on Leo. Okay, do it. Hashtag blame Leo. Blame the dollar. So I'm in the same boat as Joe, but I will say um, I've also heard people use this for an audio editor as well. So I know, I know Cubicle Nate does this. He edits all of his audio in Caden Live. I'm very excited about this. I'd heard about this about a month ago. And I just not, have not had the time to really dive in and figure out how good of an audio editor it is. So I'm going to have to go and pick his brain and figure out how he does his stuff. Because if I could do all of my work in Caden Live, you know, record in Audacity and then just do it all in Caden Live, mm -hmm. because it's non-destructive right. versus Audacity, which is, and it just eats up your disk, um, then yeah, I think uh, I would make the switch. If, 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 if my stuff is there, I would make the switch. Coming up next time, we're going to be talking about subjects that hopefully you care about and that we care about. So that'll be our episode where, where we have our discussions. But we are going to be kicking off a new month with a new distro 
Rebecca Black Linux. Yeah, no. Yes. Please, no. Oh, no, no, it's not. I keep putting it in the list. Get out of here. And you keep it's telling not, me no. I'm so glad we're going to do it. We're, yeah, no, I can't. Aww. I can't do it. So um, we are going to be doing Arco Linux. So Arco Linux, interesting, very interesting, a different take. If you haven't looked at it, go look it up. Really big on education. I don't know how many videos they have put together. Like well over 1,700. No joke. <laughs> All there you of go. them. 1,700 videos. You want to learn Linux. You want to learn uh, anything you want to learn. I don't know. You could probably learn how to build like carpentry, like tables, like I don't know, bookshelves. I don't know. They have a lot of videos. But that is where we're going to be focused this next month. It's, a, it's an interesting distro. It's different. It's got a, a different take on things. And we hope you'll join us. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening and for all the support that you give us each and every episode. Well, where can we find you, fine folks? You can find me at Casey2BEasy. You can find me at Jojo underscore P-H-E-T. And you can find me at Leo Chavez. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space. You can pick the noise right out of there, I think, looking cool. at the yeah, no, that, waveform. That'd, that'd be great. That's that's probably easier to deal with. Okay. Last time I disabled the gate, my dogs got out. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Northern New York, I have issues. Hey, we established this the other night on Biddle that Northern New Yorkers pronounce things strange. Yeah. Well, I, I can identify now that I live in Georgia. Where, where pronunciation is kind of a thing sometimes. There is a town called Houston. There's a county called Houston, which is spelled exactly like Houston, that big city. You know what? I, I can get the Houston one, though, because that, that is kind of like house. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Martinez, Georgia? A what? It's spelled Martinez, mm-hmm. but it's Martinez. Martinez. Y'all come down see me in Martinez. I've, I was driving through. I, I'm just, how did they name that town?